Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation that begins in Daniel chapter five, but it really turns into a practical conversation about, um, you know, how our, in our world we, we don't want to judge other people. So how do we go about living in this world, not placing judgment on others, yet at the same time living as people of faith and calling out sin when we see it? How does all that work out? Well, we get into all of that and more in this podcast. We really hope you enjoy it. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, Kevin. How are you today? I'm good. Um, warm now. Are you? It's not warm outside. No, it's... We are, uh, we are recording this in February. Mm. The second week of February, we're in the UP. It is uh, it's cold. Negative four degrees, last I heard. Was it? My car said like seven when I just went out there, but... Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. Maybe it needed to warm up. It probably was going to dip down once I started driving. I don't know. Sometimes the sun warms it up, but there is no sun, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it's cold. It's snowing. We've been telling Kevin, you know, that winter does come to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and it snows a bunch, and it, it snowed a fair amount. It still isn't, like, significant enough to, like, write home about, but... Mm. I already yeah. wrote home. Did you? <laughs> I did. Oh. Man, they're going to be blown away next time. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. Anyways, um, we are conversating. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a word. Still on episode 21. We're still working it out. But we're conversating today about Daniel chapter 5 and all the fun things that will come out of that that are yet to be heard or spoken mm. you preached on daniel 5 where mm-hmm. there's this um there's a new king um as if you're journeying uh, straight through the book of daniel some of you listening to this may just be picking this up at, at random so mm. you know this this podcast kind of mirrors what what we're preaching about so daniel chapter 5 um there's a new king king belshazzar um and i think basically the story is He's arrogant, like like all the kings, full of pride. Yep. Um, but there there is something that he so he throws this big party. But I think there's there's kind of a key moment in there too, where where we really get the sense of the what he's what he's doing intentionally mm. uh, wrong, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. he takes those those vessels. Do you want do you want to talk about that real quick? Well, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, Nebuchadnezzar. King who reigned um, a few kings before Belshazzar, uh, he had. Well, this is how the story began. Daniel one, Nebuchadnezzar comes to Jerusalem, takes uh, Daniel and his buddies captive. Also takes golden vessels out of the temple yeah. uh, in Jerusalem, and so he brought them back to his to Babylon. Probably put them in like a museum or something. You know? I don't know. Probably. I mean, if you're a powerful king, I feel like maybe your little your collection, your of glass display of all the <laughs> all the things that you've taken. Your booty. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So, so he's got the gold vessels uh, hanging out, kind of a show of strength. Babylon's greater than Israel, la-di-da. Um, and now here comes Belshazzar years later. It's interestingly, they start the party without the vessels. 
It's okay. only after he's drunk a little bit, uh, actually. So it says that he tasted the wine. Okay. But some commentators are saying that, yeah, that might be more than just a sip. Okay. So they've been, been imbibing a little bit. Now all of a sudden he's thinking, ooh, well, you know, you know, yeah. spice this up. <laughs> oh, Let's go get the ones out of the... Out of the, tra- out of the display case. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones look nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a pretty arrogant move. That is a that is an arrogant move. I mean, like, I don't know if you ever, like, wanted to do that. I, I feel like, I don't know if this happened in pranks in high school, but, you know, a display case with, like, trophies and stuff. Uh-huh. People would want to, like, pull it out and, like, mess with it yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. But, obviously, much bigger when it's yeah. uh, God's vessels. Right. Right. And I... I was thinking about this, and and I, I think in our conversations last week, like you, you at some point you were thinking about going in a different direction, uh, yeah. in the sermon and um, talking about these these vessels, which I think you ended up not doing in the sermon, but I think is is also still a pretty practical image. This this reality that you know there are vessels that that God created mm-hmm. that are meant to be filled with godly things, and they're filling them with pagan things, and in many ways, our, our bodies, our lives are vessels of God to be filled with good things mm. and to have those good things flow through us and, and out of us uh, to be put to use for God's purposes mm. um, and, uh, and, and not to be filled with the other junk of yeah. the world. Yeah, well, and to put it like, you know, to make it more real for us today, it'd be kind of like, you know, uh, the president and a bunch of his, you know, posse walk into your local church maybe it's here maybe it's somewhere else and they go back and they grab the you know common cup that you use for uh, lord's supper and eh, now we're going to use that and have a drinking party uh, you know yeah. and i mean in history like like there have been lots of times actually i think in um this is not in scripture but like extra biblical stuff so like um that time in between the, I don't know, was it malachi is the last prophet and when jesus comes the jews are under a lot of oppression yeah. And there was um, some, he might come up in Daniel actually soon in some of these interpretation things that are upcoming. But anyways, uh, there's this in, in Antiochus or uh, the fourth. Yeah, yeah. It's what I'm trying to get to, the point I'm trying to get to is a lot, a great way to humiliate a people you're oppressing is to take the things that are set apart yeah. to a holy means, yeah. set apart um, to their gods, whoever yeah. their gods are, and desecrate them. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like a classic, we're in charge. You're our inferiors. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And I think you see that in, I think you see that in, in lots of ways in, in, um, in physical ways like that, taking, taking things. But I think we also do that to other people. Um, I don't know, even like mm. psychologically, emotionally, like trying to mm, prove that we are, better mm. than than other people or uh, and I, I think maybe maybe this is maybe this would connect the dots a little bit more but you you did you did end up preaching about this this um, reality of uh, Jesus in John chapter 8 and and the woman caught in adultery uh, people wanted to accuse her the Pharisees yeah right so they um, they they wanted to kill her basically mm-hmm. and and show their that that she was lesser than them mm-hmm. that they, that that she had done wrong and they had done no wrong right and then Jesus comes along um, and and they try to put Jesus to the test saying 
what should we do? The, the law of Moses says stone her. What would you say? You know, and Jesus gets down and writes in the ground. We don't know what Jesus wrote, but obviously wh whatever it was, those Pharisees ended up walking away um, because I think they, I want to believe that they were conflicted, you know, yeah. um, because of their, their sin. And then um, the woman is, is given uh, freedom and, and new life in Jesus. So, so you, you encouraged us to um, not condemn other people, to not mm -hmm. look down on other people, to not, I don't know, would you even say to not pass judgment on other people? Yeah, I mean, I would say we need to be much more, uh, if we're going to be judging, we need to be much more preoccupied with our judgment of ourselves okay. and judging ourselves rightly before we even think about weighing someone else's actions. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, this is Jesus' parable of the, uh, the log and the speck, right? Yeah. You know, you, you tell your brother that he's got this thing that he's doing wrong. Uh, you, say, you say that he's got this log in his eye, right? Yeah. But really, no, it's in your eye. He's got this little thing. Yeah. But you got the bigger problem. And that the bigger problem is that it's this tendency comes so naturally. I know. To want to judge others, or like you said, to feel better about ourselves if we can just look at how how worse off these other people are. Yeah. And so sometimes it happens in like nasty ways where you're literally like, like those scribes and Pharisees, you're like, look at that mess. Look yeah. at that wreck. Sometimes, sometimes we do it, I don't want to say accidentally, but like, kind of with good intentions. Like when people say, count your blessings. Yeah. A lot of times people say like, well, think about it. Think about how many people are I have it off worse than you. Yeah. And there's like this feel good thing. And yeah. it's like, I don't know that that's a helpful way to be mm. grateful. Uh, like I don't think our gratefulness should be comparative. Comparing. Okay. You know? But really just realizing that God has blessed you. Yeah. <laughs> like the Nebuchadnezzar thing is like, this is all a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. alive. I have breath. I don't deserve any of this, yeah, you know? For sure. Oh, I'm grateful, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like we do this comparative thing. It's supernatural. Yeah. I mean, no, not super. It's, it's very natural. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think one of the hard things, though, as a Christian, living, living in this world, it, uh, so I can buy this argument that I'm not, that I, that I ought not to judge other people or mm. put them down or um, think that I'm better than them. Mm -hmm. But I feel that, that, that there is also the reality that at, at certain points we do have to call out sin, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So we do have to address the sin of other people that we love love and and care about mm. to hopefully lead them to repentance mm -hmm. and back to Jesus I think so I guess I don't know what, what I'm wondering about and maybe we could talk about is like what's oh. the difference or how do we do that like what's mm. the difference between passing judgment on somebody mm -hmm. and just um, helping them, helping to point out the sin in their life. So, yeah, I think it's a great, a great question and, and worth our time and thinking about. I think we've already hit step one, I would say, which is that calibration of how often am I looking at others versus myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like start there and just anytime you're walking into that scenario where you want to call a sin out, like just be cognizant at the very least that this is a really natural human problem of judgment. Let me check myself, make sure that I'm I'm not doing this out of some sort of spite or some sort of like self-puffing up kind of yeah. motivation. 
Um, then I think like another kind of mental shift that could be helpful is how are we perceiving um, the people who are engaged in this versus those who aren't? Okay. So, you know, I mean, say there's a sin uh, that you see, just picking one, sleeping around, right? Okay. That one seems to pop up in conversation, you know, or, or be something that, like, people in the church would generally be like, oh, yeah, I don't do that, you okay. know? People outside would say, well, it's totally normal. Yeah. And, and so there might be this kind of, oh, well, shouldn't we call this, this sin out? Well, how are we thinking about those engaging in, his, in, in this activity? Is it us over here versus them on that side of this? dividing line of sin or is it us as humans as creatures all on the same team in terms of who did god come for who was jesus sent for you know this idea of being redeemed the humans are the captives in in this story of scripture like you're you're either uh you know a slave to christ which is a good thing Mm -hmm. we say or you're a slave to to satan yeah. Right, who wants to deceive you, who wants to bring you down into a way of life that's going to be really destructive for you. Yeah. And so I think that just helps frame how you even talk about it, because then it's less, you know, really, you're doing, you're doing a lot of wrong stuff with your life, man, and uh, you really got to figure that out. And it's more of like, hey, look, I see you engaging in these things, and I'm like, I think that might actually, like, mess things up for you. Right. And, like, I've, you know, in my life, like, I've, I've found that I also stumble through these things that just are really destructive right but i've also learned that there's someone who like is showing me a better way you know so we talk about following jesus where he's shown us a way Um, or the light and darkness becomes you know a good metaphor too of yeah like i've stumbled through a lot of things in my life because i couldn't see very well Mm. you know there were these things tripping me up these sins uh (laughs) that i didn't see because i was kind of just immersed in it all but then then i was shown the light and i was taught jesus and shown kind of the life that he wants for me. And what I've discovered, and it's taken some time, is that, man, when I actually live the way he wants me to, it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how that works. Yeah. Right? Right. As, as if Jesus knows better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, so our judgment, you know, uh, and again, I'm even hesitant to use, <laughs> like, when I think about judgment, I think about, like, a person sitting on the, you know, like, the judge. Yeah. And whose job is that? Yeah. At the end of the day. Right. It's not, I'm not the judge. He's the judge. Right. Um, so what I want to do, I just want to tell you about this judge who judges actually, judges us worthy yeah. um, by his son. So. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I, I think I'm, I think that there also is, I mean, you talked about like, who are the, who are the people that we're trying to talk to? I think that there is a difference in the way the conversation might go if we're talking to somebody who, Claims to be a follower of Jesus, oh, totally. and somebody who um, who doesn't claim to be a follower of Jesus. Because mm-hmm. I think for the ones that, that claim to follow Jesus, like we really then need to remind them, well, this is this is Jesus' way. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I would I would agree with you. We in in calling out the sin of other people, the best thing probably in their presence is to call out your own sin as well. Mm. <laughs> to be so honest and real, to be like, yeah, for real, like, I got to tell you, like, I, I, am, I am no better, right? So we got to do that. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking to somebody who's not a Christian um, or, or, or doesn't claim to follow Christ, how do we, how do we help them uh, know that there is a better 
way? Mm. How, do we, how do we help to lead people who don't know Jesus to a place of repentance? Mm. And I guess what, what, what I found, and I, th- I think that you quoted it, you did quote it in your sermon. Um, you talked about how, the, how God has written the law on, on our hearts. Yeah. And in, in theological terms, I think sometimes we talk about the, 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 the natural law mm. of God and the, the revealed law of God. So, um, so God, has, God, God has revealed himself to the world in natural ways, um, and he's written his law in nature. Really? I mean, think about it, like the, the ordering of the planets and the stars and the, the rain and the, the seeds and the soil and the air and gravity and land holding back water and all of these pieces of the, the ecosystem. Like mm. that is God's natural law at work. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about the, the biological side of the, the natural law that, you know, um, and uh, I mean, when, when you're talking about, especially like the, the sexual perversion and sexual sins and all yeah. that kind of stuff, um, I, I think that that is oftentimes a great way to point out mm. who God is without necessarily even having to talk about God. Now, mm. not, not that we won't talk about God, but if somebody is, doesn't acknowledge God, it doesn't do any good mm. to them to say something like, well, God doesn't want you to do this, you know? Yeah. They, they're going to go... That very convincing. Well, that's, okay. He doesn't exist anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Good, good point, you know? Right. But if, if you talk about how, mm. um, you know, I, I, I'm struggling to pick an example. So, uh-huh. but if we... Okay, we could take sexual sins, for example, but that that's a wide gamut of things as well. But mm-hmm. if, if, I mean, if you talk about the fact that that life only will go on when mm. when there are healthy relationships, and mm-hmm. um, eventually we could bring that back to marriage and God's good created order and mm-hmm. how that's all um, falling apart. But I guess w- what I'm saying is that we can we can as as people of God, we ought to be attuned. Not only to God's revealed law, as it is in the scriptures, we do need to know the scriptures, but we also can talk about the natural law. And we ought to be pretty uh, well attuned to the way that God is at work in nature as well and be able to tap into that in our leading people to Jesus. Totally, yeah. I mean, it's much more, they're living in that world constantly. Right. So, yeah, there's something, and there's something innate about that too, I think, you know, about, let me get people who... Especially, like, what always <laughs> amazes me is when you get these guys who, they start out as atheists, and their mission is to prove that God doesn't exist. Yeah. You get these stories every now and then, and then they do all this research, like, in their field, whatever their field is. Yeah. Um, there's a guy, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he is a, uh, his big thing is, like, um, uh, what is it, Bibli, uh, not bibliography, that's what you write at the end of a yeah. paper. But um, basically the histori- historicity of, like, manuscripts. Okay. And uh, the Bible has, I mean, it blows any secular writings out of the water. Right. So in terms of reliability of it. Yes. It's unreal. Yes. Um, so you have that. You have uh, uh, people in, you know, like, um, you know, say the scientific field looking at the universe mm-hmm. and its size and scope and its its eternal qualities, right? Yeah. It, it's continually expanding. Yeah. Well, what do you do with that, you know? Right. Even if even if they don't end up talking about God, you know, Yahweh, uh, Jesus, oftentimes they'll end up speaking in a language that sounds so much like a creator, right. a divine something. Right. Because it's, like you said, it's just written right. into the world in which we live. Right. 
And that, I mean, kind of coming full circle, ought to humble us. Yeah. And bring us to our knees in God's presence to say, wow, mm-hmm. you're an awesome God. Mm. I'm not. <laughs> I, know. I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got born. Yeah. I, the, yeah. My entrance into this world was passive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a line in this text, too. I didn't quote it at all. I didn't touch on it a single time. Um, it's in the big spiel when Daniel's giving the interpretation to Belshazzar. But he says to him, you know, you haven't humbled yourself. I talked about that. You've set yourself against the Lord your God. But then he goes on to say, in whose hand is your very breath? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about, like, natural law. I mean, we breathe in. Like, I don't do anything to have air. Right. If it's given to me. Yes. Every breath I have is a gift. Right. And also, is I mean, if it is God's hand creating all this, which, of course, we believe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of you little listeners probably, yeah. then every breath I'm taking has this, there's some divinity there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is holy. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so I, having that frame of mind really has to always bring us back to that place of acknowledging, you know, God's God, mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. he's good, I'm not, mm-hmm. I am forgiven passively because he forgives me, again, passively, <laughs> like, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, as as we're, as we're dealing with the, the world and the, the sins of the world, that law of God is written in the, in the lives of all people. Mm. And so it's, it's just, it, it's very fascinating to look at that too, because I've even, this, this whole idea of like not judging people, yeah. I feel like culturally in our day and age, like that's a pretty like go-to statement. Yeah. By not just, not Christian people, like just, more like, more on the secular side, I would even say, right? You know, don't judge, don't judge. Uh-huh. Just let them, let them live, let them be. Uh huh. Um, which, that's why I wanted to start with the, with the point of well, we do need to still call out sin, right? So not, not judging is not the same as, not calling out sin. If I said that right, we still have to call out sin, right? But I wonder if I wonder if what's going on in people's minds mm. and, and hearts of of people in the world who say don't judge one another is that fact that the law is written on their hearts and they're they're trying to figure out how to live godly lives without God. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Do you know what I hear I hear what you're saying. I'm gonna posit a completely other idea. Okay. As you were talking, what it really made me think of was um, you know, like, so Belshazzar doesn't want to acknowledge this whole writing on the wall in terms of, uh-oh, Babylon looks like it's going to fall. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want I don't want to deal with this. I just want to give me some more wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the numbing out idea. Yeah. And I think that also might be there behind, you know, don't judge is really at the end of the day, like none of us like to be judged. Uh-huh. It sucks to be judged. Yeah. Even if it is by God. Yeah. Like that's not a fun thing either. Yeah. Like when you when when you were hit with like oh crap like yeah. I really messed up yeah. you know um, so I think there's on the one side I do think there is this kind of like it's not just oh no one's gonna judge anyone because that's just mean to do and you shouldn't do that it's I think there's there is a dark side to it I think of I re- I don't want to hear it yeah I do not want to be told you know that what I'm doing is wrong 
Yeah. And that's kind of that turning up the music yeah. that I, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to pour the wine. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in groups of people where, like, there's there's behavior going on that, like, you can, you know, or even processing with individuals after it, people are kind of like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But in the moment, like, no one wanted to be that person. No yeah. one wanted to say it. We knew it was wrong, but, ah, well, other people are doing it. Like, all of a sudden, the voices start coming in, and it's like... I'm just not going to think about it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, but I don't know, but you were, you were kind of doing a more positive spin there in terms of the law and the heart and. Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe, maybe, and maybe there's something to that. Well, yeah. Just the, the fact that I, I, I think they're both in play, Kevin, because I think <laughs> the law is written on our hearts. Uh-huh. Therefore, um, we don't want to, we don't actually, we, we don't want to acknowledge that. Right. So that's what you're saying. We don't want to yes. acknowledge that. Right. But the law is also written on my heart that I, in, in some ways, mm-hmm. I know, I know what it is that I've done wrong and I don't want that exposed. I don't want people to hurt me or take advantage of me because of that. Yeah. Therefore, I also know that they're likely going through some of that same stuff, whatever sure. that turmoil is. Therefore, I don't want to put something additional on them. So there could mm. be a positive side to it yep. as well, and that's what that's what I was saying. Like, maybe they are trying to do a godly thing without God in the picture. Uh-huh. But if we unwind all that, we put God in the picture. Yeah. What we end up is, and I'm glad you went to this place. Is that that story of the woman caught in adultery? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reality of who Jesus is. And what he offers us mm. uh, is is right there. The the law, yes, condemned her. Mm-hmm. The law condemned her. She she messed up big time. She did a lot of she did a lot of stuff she should not have done. Right. So the Pharisees, in a lot of ways, were right. I mean, they were doing what the law of Moses said to do. Right. You know, um, and Jesus, but but. Jesus points out to them basically their own, mm. you know, log in their eye <laughs> and, you know, offers forgiveness to her. So, yeah. like, that, that is the place that we need to always be, right? On our knees in front of Jesus, um, knowing what we deserve, mm. right? Because that law uh, of God says that we deserve death, right? The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. We deserve death. And Jesus offers us life and he just picks us up and i i think that i think that's the word that we have to offer to the world like the the stuff is killing you yeah like if you're not acknowledging like if you're not acknowledging that i don't this this sin this this stuff you're doing i think if you're honest with yourself and you stop just pause for a minute and look around you're going to realize that it's killing you mm-hmm. Right, it's killing you emotionally. It's killing you relationally. It's killing your enjoyment of the the fullness of what this what what is available to you in this world, right? And and anybody that's stuck in sin, whether they acknowledge Jesus or not, I believe because that law is written on our hearts and that natural law of God is at play. It at some point, at some point, it, that it's got to break. I, I I just I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think so. Uh, and I think that's something that also makes us really relatable. 
you know, anytime you're in that scenario and you see someone, you know, maybe someone you really care about, and you're yeah. like, man, this is just not a good way to be living. You know, and this whole idea of like that it's killing you, like, and I know it because it, it kills me too, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not somehow now immune, you know, yeah. or, or invincible. I still experience the. I'm yeah. on the ground before Jesus with the like, yeah. saying, "Throw the rocks at me!" Like I, I'm a poor. I mean, we say it in our <laughs> confession, like mm-hmm. a corporate confession. I, a poor, miserable sinner, mm-hmm. confess to you all my sin. Right, right. Which this is, I, I love. Uh, this is your, your friend, Doctor David Kim. Yeah. I think one of his lines, maybe I don't know if he got it from someone else or if, if it's his, but the whole the gospel doesn't make bad people good. Or good people better. No. It makes dead people alive. Uh, you know, and it's just like, I, it just make it's so relatable because it's like, yeah, I, it's not like me calling you out because you're a bad person. I'm a bad person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Please I, I, tell me how bad I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, and really, and that's as as Christians, you know, like when we're calling out other Christians, that should be our openness too. Of, hey, and if you see me falling in something that 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 you think is not good, please let me know. Right. Because I don't want to be that guy. Right. You know. And I don't want to be deluded either, you know. Yeah. Gosh, I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, disillusioned and think that I'm, think that I'm up here. Right. You know, get me cut down to size, like yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, all these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I think I think that's an important. That's a huge important role that that the church plays for one another, and it and it should. Mm-hmm. But it's that's certainly so hard for mm. sinners to be that vulnerable. Yes, it is. I mean, that's something that we could all, like, honestly learn, I think, from, um, like, AA groups, for instance. Uh, you know? This Alcoholics Anonymous, they're not, it's not a church, yeah. but these guys come every week and they say, look, this is the thing. I'm going to confess to you mm-hmm. what I struggle with right. every day. Yeah. I am an addict. Yeah. <laughs> I am a bad person. But this is church, man. This is yeah. confession. That's what, we're, what are we saying? We're saying... I am an addict. Yeah. Like sin, that's my problem. Right. I do it. Right. Here's some particular ways, you know, right. and, 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 you know, if we can have the courage to, to uh, you know, and not that we're, you know, we don't need to recite all of our sins right. to people. But, um, but I do think that uh, it ends up, you know, well, God says all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's even, even those particular sins that we've really struggled with, that might be the door for you with that non-Christian friend mm-hmm. to hear the gospel. Or it might be that door for you and a Christian friend who is also struggling with that to, to really be strength and take strength from each yeah. other, you know? Yeah. For sure. So. For sure. Heavy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for, I mean, thanks uh, thanks for getting us there <laughs> via Daniel chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see all that coming when I was reading it myself. So mm. you know, I'm grateful to the way that God's working in in you, uh, it, through His Word to bring that bring that to us and um, and to those of you that are that are listening. I, I think hopefully maybe there's some practical nuggets you picked out of this conversation. I know um, you know it was a conversation between the two of us with multiple faceted uh, pieces to it, but. Um, there's certain certainly some practicality in this of you know how to call out sin especially if you're talking to a christian or talking to a non-christian um especially you know look at looking at your own life so you know uh 
if you need to, go back through and listen to it again and, and jot down some notes. Um, but I pray that we can put some of this stuff into practice. And, mm. uh, you know, our, our goal in doing this podcast is that you wouldn't just listen to us have conversations, but that we would be modeling to you how to have spiritual conversations as well. So if there's something that you heard in this conversation, go ahead and uh, put it into practice. Uh, just have a conversation with somebody else about something that you heard us conversing about. So, hey, have a blessed rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And Kevin, as always, it's good to be with you, buddy. Likewise, brother. All right. Stay warm. You always have to do that. I know. <laughs> Wait, now. Okay, now end it.